Welcome to Love Your Heart, brought to you by Cleveland Clinic's Seidel and Arnold Miller Family Heart and Vascular Institute. These podcasts will help you learn more about your heart, thoracic, and vascular systems, ways to stay healthy, and information about diseases and treatment options. Enjoy. I'm Steve Nissen, uh, a chair of the Department of Cardiovascular Medicine at the Cleveland Clinic, and I'm here with two of the world's experts in the disease known as hypertrophic obstructive cardiomyopathy, or HOCUM. Um, so what is HOCUM? So hypertrophic, so I will start with hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. The way I explain to the patients is if you just deconstruct the word hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, it's thickening, hypertrophy, cardio of the heart, myo, muscle, pathy is bad. So bad Thick pathologic thickening of the heart muscle. And about 70% of patients with HCM, if you look carefully, will have obstruction to the flow of their blood. So that's where the term HOCM, hypertrophic obstructive cardiomyopathy comes from. And so what happens uh, with obstruction is that the, the, when the left ventricle, the main pumping chamber, tries to pump out blood, it can't get out of the heart. Exactly. So essentially, uh, if you think of the uh, there is a tunnel uh, where the blood gets pushed out of the heart into the aorta and rest of the body. And because of a thickening of the heart muscle or an abnormal mitral valve or both, uh, as the heart is trying to pump the blood out uh, through that tunnel, there is obstruction. I call them orange cones in the tunnel, which causes traffic, <laughs> basically. So. You when, when you think of it, if the blood can't get out of the heart, it's got to go somewhere. So it goes back into the lungs, and that explains the most common symptom, which is shortness of breath. Yeah. And if it can't get out of the heart and it can't get to your brain, it explains the other very common symptoms, either dizziness or passing out, which yes. we call syncope. Yeah. So the blood can't get out. It, it explains why we, when we see patients, they say, I get short of breath when I do something. And the other very common symptom, which is somewhat unique to this, is they get more shortness of breath after a meal. So they can't really do anything after a meal. So if you have any one of those symptoms, we start to think maybe you have an obstruction. So how do you diagnose this? So uh, a good history, I mean, often uh, e people come to attention with a very abnormal ECG. That is a reflection of very thickening of the heart muscle. And then the, 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 the gold standard test, if you ask me, is to do an echocardiogram and you do a special echocardiogram with, with different maneuvers uh, to assess the thickness and the maneuvers are done to assess whether or not they have obstruction. And then we put color flow, I mean, we measure whether or not there's a mitral valve leak, et cetera. This dis disease runs in families. Yes, it does. And so uh, what does somebody who has this disorder in their family need to know about that? So if you have a family member with a documented hypertrophic cardiomyopathy seen by an experienced provider at an experienced center, then it is incumbent that all the first degree relatives be screened uh, by an experienced provider. So first degree relatives, you mean father, mother, Fa child, and, yeah. sister, brother? Yes. 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 Those are all people who are potentially at risk and need yes. to be looked yes. at to yes. determine. Now, Dr. Smidera, you, you fix these patients. Uh, how do you do it? We do. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a more and more commonly recognized problem, this obstruction. And there's very few centers that have the surgical experience with, like we do. We, we've operated on over 2,500, close to 3,000 patients. 
the key is to work with your colleague to really understand what's causing the obstruction. And most of the operations, I'd say 80-90% focus on taking the thick septum and inside the heart chamber carving that muscle out to create more space. In a smaller percentage, maybe 10 to 15, the mitral valve has to be worked on. And in my approach, and our approach at the Cleveland Clinic is to repair as many valves as possible to avoid putting an artificial valve in. There's no valve like your own valve. No valve like your own valve. Yeah, and so um, there are some medicines that are used to treat these patients. Mm -hmm. uh, is medical therapy have an important role here? Yes, uh, medical therapy, uh, before we jump straight to surgery or alcohol septal ablation, uh, medical therapy should always be the first line. There are certain drugs that reduce the heart rate and reduce the contractility of the heart, like a beta blocker, metoprolol, uh, atenolol. These are some of the commonly used beta blockers that can uh, help uh, with the symptoms, uh, at least at the beginning. There's other class of drug called calcium channel blockers, uh, like cardizem, uh, diltiazem. And then there's a third class uh, called disopyramide. It's, it started off as an antiarrhythmic agent, but it, it also reduces contractility. Now, because hypertrophic cardiomyopathy is sort of an orphan disease from the government perspective, there's a lot of excitement and a lot of exciting new therapies that are being developed uh, in this country as well as elsewhere in the world where we are directly impact, we are using very interesting novel therapies to, uh, to help relieve obstruction. There are some studies where we are trying to uh, use medications to relieve the fibrosis formation, the scar formation within the heart. So the future is, you know, surgery is and remains the gold standard, but there is enough uh, studies going on where hopefully we will have more medical therapy. Now, one more question. Uh, you know, it's a, a challenging one, but something patients need to know. Some of these patients, you put implantable defibrillators mm -hmm. to shock the heart. Mm -hmm. uh, who gets them and why? So it has been well recognized that hypertrophic cardiomyopathy patients, especially those with very thick hearts or what have you, there is a slightly higher risk of sudden cardiac death compared to age and gender match population. So there are a few factors we are looking for. So somebody who's had a prior history of sudden cardiac death, that was aborted. That's a no-brainer. Somebody who has documented bad rhythms in the lower chamber of the heart. Somebody with a very, very thick heart. Somebody who's passing out unexplained. Somebody who uh, has multiple family members who drop dead suddenly. Those are the people we know who have higher than usual risk of sudden cardiac death. So those are the ones where we would recommend preemptively. Now there's emerging data using cardiac MRI where you can look at the amount of scar within the heart muscle. And once it reaches beyond a certain threshold, we, have, we and others have shown that those patients that are at a higher risk for sudden cardiac death. So this is more art than pure science, but we take into account a lot of things. Speaking of, of the art, I'm gonna make one final editorial comment, which is if you have this disorder, you really wanna get in the hands of people that, that treat it every day. This is not something that every cardiologist is familiar with. Uh, you, we have the privilege here of having today with us uh, two people who see thousands of patients with this disorder. And I think it's important to find out, uh, you know, wherever you live. And of course, we're always happy to see patients here. But this is a disease where you really need uh, uh, expert advice. 
Thank you both for, uh, for this uh, short video and uh, uh, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. We welcome your comments and feedback. Please contact us at heart at ccf.org. Like what you heard? Please subscribe and share the link on iTunes.